Welcome to another episode of What's Up with DJ, and I'm your host, DJ. Each week, I bring you topics about current events and career development, finance, holistic living, life hacks, and stories of inspiration and humor, all from a spiritual perspective. So be sure to subscribe, follow, like, comment, and leave a review on Apple Podcast. And you can also subscribe at D-L-L-O-Y-D jr.com forward slash subscribe again that's d-l-l-o-y-d-j-r.com forward slash subscribe your thoughts opinions and comments are always encouraged and appreciated with that being said let's get right into the show My guest this week is Jason Harwood. He's a speaker, coach, and family man. Jason has a Bachelor's of Arts in Marketing and a Master's Degree in Education from BYU. He is also the host of the podcast, Happily Ever Habits. He resides in Idaho with his wife, seven kids, and one puppy. Life has taught him to grow and focus on enjoying the moments of life rather than worrying about what might happen or stressing about what has happened in the past. Jason believes it's time to stop grinding to do more and start focusing on the habits to do better. Life is happier when we live better. Over the last decade, Jason has helped thousands of people identify and create the habits that will make the most significant difference in their lives by sharing tips on consistently doing the things that will help to make you happier. Whether it is business success, personal success, organizational success, from stay-at-home moms to CEOs, he helps people find greater happiness in their lives and businesses. He stays very, very busy. <laughs> I can only imagine what, you know, <laughs> seven kids. And he says he loves every minute of it. Thank you for joining me this week. Yeah, I, I, uh, most minutes, most minutes, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> most minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite sure there's a few times where you're like, this is, this is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I always tell people we didn't have eight kids because eight kids is a lot. So we stopped. Seven. <laughs> yeah, know. eight would be the straw that broke the camel's yes. back. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, what is it like there in Idaho? Because I never have visited Idaho. I don't. I don't, oh. I, I don't know much about it. Yeah, people who who visit here. I mean, you know, we got mountains, so that's nice. I've lived here my mm-hmm. whole life. So to me, mountains is just like normal. But when people come here, they're like, oh, my gosh, I love the mountains. Uh, and mm-hmm. and Boise is a really outdoorsy town. Not far from here is Sun Valley. That's kind of a famous place. A lot of Hollywood stars, uh, Bruce Willis and Tony Robbins has a place up in Sun Valley. Uh, oh, wow. It's kind of a mountain ski resort, you know, kind of uh, type town. So. Lots of outdoor stuff. Some of the best fishing in the country. Some of the best whitewater rafting anywhere in the country. We have some really famous. If you're like deep into kayaking and whitewater rafting, Idaho okay. has some of the best in the world. So, uh, yeah, outdoors, hiking, fishing, 
uh, hunting, mountains, lakes, that type of that's 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 the vibe here in Idaho. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah. I definitely didn't know there was mountains in in uh, in Idaho. Definitely not in Boise. So that's yeah. so if I am interested in doing some, I guess some skiing. Maybe yeah, that's a good place to go. The other side of the state. So I'm on the I'm on the uh, westernmost side of the state. The other side mm -hmm. uh, is right up in the corner there by Yellowstone. Uh, oh, okay. Jackson well, okay. Hole, the Grand Tetons. So yeah, it's and that's the other thing is it's a huge state. I mean, it takes you a good seven hours to drive east to west, and like ten hours to drive north to south because you end up up by Coeur d'Alene, right next to the uh, Canada border. So. We're all over the okay. place here in Idaho. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you you had mentioned earlier that you have two kids that are that they're now in basketball. Are there two, two of your sons? Yeah, two sons in basketball, a daughter in softball. Three sons play basketball. One is not currently playing. He just ended kind of a competition league that he plays in. So. Usually we got three basketball, a softball. My older son played baseball all through high school. He's now graduated high school. Uh, my daughter's in. How old is he? He's, he's like 19. 18. 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my daughter does swimming and then she's big into like choir and, and, and that scene. <laughs> and my youngest daughter loves soccer and she's eight. So we go from eight all the way up to 19. So oh, wow. Okay. We're always okay. doing something there's always some event every week is like a major planning session to say who's going where what meeting and, and you know uh, this tonight we got this and tomorrow night we got that and there's almost never a night where we don't have something going on for someone going so yeah i can imagine super busy yeah, I complain about my cat, you know, wanting too much attention. And then, <laughs> you know, I like I have no complaints when it comes to comparing my um, life to But yours. it's all good. It's a, I mean, yeah, keeps us uh keeps us from getting bored, that's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but I guess it's gonna be very rewarding. I think children are the gift that keeps on giving, you know. So um this is <laughs> you know I if if yeah because growth and development come through discomfort and challenge, then kids are the gift. That, that's a crazy thing is like my son, he graduated from high school. He had his whole set of difficulties and challenges that he presented. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I've, I've got three more kids in high school right now. Every single one of them is a different series of just kind of the, the way they view the world, the the joy that right. they bring, the challenges, the um, struggles that they go through. And so uh, there, there's not a whole lot that I learned from my oldest son that like directly applies other than calm down, talk through mm -hmm. it. You know, everything's going to mm -hmm. work out. But yeah, every every kid brings a whole new set of challenges and perspectives and things like that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that's pretty interesting because like you know sometimes i had a thought of what well, you do you know you sort of kind of work the hards on the first one and then uh <laughs> then, yeah then sort of kind of you can do like okay well we got that figured out with the first one so maybe the, then there's the twist you know yeah. with the second yeah. one and then the twist with the third one yeah you know so everyone uh, is different everyone is different 
So your podcast, um, so can you tell me a bit more about um, your podcast, Happily Ever Habits? Yeah. Why did you decide to name it Happily Ever Habits? um, Well, I mean, the the naming is really a playoff of Happily Ever After because that's, Uh we're all striving for that. We're all kind of striving for our own Happily Ever After and for uh, happiness in life. And research shows that like, 40 to 60% of our lives is made up of habits or more for some people. And so if what you're really striving for is happily ever after to find happiness in life, to find happiness in your day to day endeavors, it's most often to be found in um, finding happiness in your habits and kind of what I had gone through in terms of, of my mental approach and process was, I was, it seemed like I was always kind of grinding for, for more, I, you know, as, as we kind of grow up and, and mm-hmm. start life, we most often start comparing ourselves with others and we start looking what other people have mm-hmm. and compare that to what we have. And we start yeah. grinding and uh, kind of the mental framework of America, it seems is grinding for more and we want bigger and we want better and we want yeah. this and, and um, you know, we, we strive for more and more and more and, and we grind and grind. And what I found as I continued to uh, work through that process was it wasn't getting me to a place where I was any happier. I, I wasn't yeah. finding it. I wasn't feeling happier. I wasn't um, engaging in ways that that I wanted to, I wasn't living out what I thought was my happiest and best version of myself. And I thought, man, something really has to change here. And if something has to change, I have to start with my habits. I've got to start changing my daily habits. And so Mm -hmm. I identified for myself seven core um, character traits, seven core values that I really wanted to focus on in my life in an effort to increase my own personal happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I took principles that I've learned from habit development books like um, uh, Atomic Habits by um, James Clear and Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg and uh, The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. And I said, can I use those same habit forming tactics to increase in areas like personal integrity, personal belief, knowledge, self-control, gratitude, charity, and humility, and create greater happiness in my life through habits that grew me as a person, not just, you know, it's good to eat healthy. It's good to exercise. It's good to, uh, you know, so what are those seven habits? What are those seven habits that you you said there was there were seven habits that you yeah. that you focused so, on? So my seven core per kind of character traits that I'm striving to develop are personal belief, personal integrity, knowledge, self-control, gratitude, charity, and humility. Okay. And for each of those, I have a, a daily or a weekly habit that I that I focus on um, that kind of helps me feel like I'm growing in that area. 
Okay. Okay. And so, so one question I definitely wanted to ask you because you know a man with seven kids and one puppy and a wife. How do you uh, remain present? What what habit do you do you use to remain present to each one of those individuals when they're all maybe at certain different times competing for your attention? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll share a couple. One is a tactic that I learned actually from a different habit book. Uh, Although I don't know, and they don't really seem like habits, but Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Yeah, Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has a he has a, a a way to approach your life that's really helped me, and they call it and, and Covey calls it roles and goals. And so he encourages, and and this is what I try to follow on a weekly basis to write down every role that I have. So I'm a husband, uh, and then I'm uh, a father to seven kids. So I write down each of my seven kids. I also have a full-time job, so I'm an employee. Uh, and, and I try to serve in my church and community. And so I have those roles. And then I try to write down one goal for each of those roles. One thing that I want to do that week. So I kind of think, you know, I go through each of my kids and I think, what's the one thing I could do for each one of them this week that would that would kind of put a little bit of emphasis uh, on them. And they know that they're not just one of seven, but, but that I'm paying particular attention to them. And, and of course I do the same thing for my wife and, and we try to have a weekly date so that she and I have some one-on-one alone time together without any kids around, but then I look for other ways. So, so that's one thing, roles and goals, write down the roles that you have in your life and one goal that you want to focus on for each of those areas. Another simple thing that I do to try to stay present is uh, I try to have some um, like, it's funny because we talk about it with our kids all the time. We tell our kids this for the next hour, uh, no screen time, meaning they can't look at their phones. They can't play PlayStation. They can't get on a, on a laptop. And yet as adults, we very rarely give ourselves that same directive. So for me, mm-hmm. especially when I feel myself kind of slipping on it, I'll just take my phone, I'll go plug it in, charge it, set it on my desk at home and just mm-hmm. walk away from my phone. Because I find for me, the thing that pulls me from being present most frequently is, is my phone because I'm checking mm-hmm. some dumb app. I'm looking at some email that's just come through. I'm distracted yeah. by some notification. So if I can identify the number one distractor and change my environment, right? We think, oh, I'll just put my phone in my pocket and, and I won't pay attention to it. And that's no, it doesn't I've, work. Nope, it's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. I have to, I have to change the environment more drastically. I have to plug it in because, you know, let it charge, whatever, that's fine. And then put it in my office. And then I shut the door to my office and, and walk out because um, it, it's too convenient to go, to go look at it. It's too easy right. to get sucked into it. And so mm-hmm. whatever it is, that's distracting you from the thing you really want to focus on or the, the goal that you really want to achieve. It's interesting. James Clare, I, I, I was so amazed by this because 
here's a guy who wrote best-selling book. He uh, successful speaker. And so you look at a person like that, you think, man, that guy really has it together. And then he mm-hmm. tells the story that his assistant has a task every Monday morning, and that is to change all of his social media passwords. And then every wow. Friday evening, she gives him the password. So he only has the password to his social, his own social media accounts from Friday evening until Monday morning when she changes them again. So that Monday through Friday, he has no access. He logs himself out of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, logs himself mm-hmm. out Monday morning, doesn't know the password to log back in until she gives it to him Friday afternoon. Wow. And I thought, my gosh, a guy that successful has to take that drastic a measure to avoid mm-hmm. distraction. And then I think, I wonder if it's that level of focus and commitment to focus mm-hmm. that leads him to be so successful. And it's, it's yeah. for yeah, us our unwillingness to take the drastic action necessary to focus that that might limit us so yeah the I do rolls and goals and then i i try to plug my phone in and walk away from it yeah that, that's stay a bit do, more present do you think what's well, so you know i like when you said that you know are you willing to take the drastic actions going to you know make you successful do, what do you think has been your one of the most difficult obstacle to to success or to you know i mean i'm assuming that you still have goals in life right (laughs) so i wouldn't say your most difficult because you might i'm you know you may even get into your most difficult or in to resolve it but what is a difficult obstacle that you that's been in the way and how did you know your creating a habit or which habit did you or which core habit did you utilize to to um remove or minimize that obstacle yeah uh i think as i've been blessed in my life to work with really successful people and then i've tried to evaluate how i can improve my own effectiveness it's strength the the thing that makes the difference is consistency Mm -hmm. consistency Um, because nothing nothing really spectacular or amazing or life-changing really happens in in kind of a one-time event i mean maybe mm-hmm. like a you know a medical thing right that has a you get a you would get a medical uh, situation and and it has a life-changing impact but when we look at at just kind of growth and um effectiveness and success it's the byproduct of long-term consistency and so Mm -hmm. where i have looked back on my life and been i don't want to say disappointed but where i have seen myself not achieve the level of success that i wanted to in that time it was most often because i would start something and not stay disciplined and consistent with it it's just showing up consistently mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. something really small and that and that's one of the keys to habits is the keys to ha- one of the most significant keys to habits is to start smaller 
much, much, mm -hmm. much, much smaller. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's it doesn't seem to be a real American framework of thought. Yeah, so, go big or go home, right? Yeah. We always say, right? I know. Yeah, we want bit. You know, you you Google search or you do a YouTube search for like the smallest NFL hits of the year. You won't find anything. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> but you look for the <sighs> biggest NFL hits, and you'll oh, yeah. find dozens of videos because we want big we want home runs we don't i mean there's no video of and you know i mean mm -hmm. we know and there's controversy show, around show, yeah who's yeah, the whole bureaucracy yeah right is it is it hank aaron is it barry bonds right we, we have these arguments about who who leads the league in bunts every year nobody could even come up with it, <laughs> right but yeah when we go big, the, the problem is, is when we go big, we're um, we're basing our success off of motivation because mm -hmm. to do something big, you have to be motivated. And motivation mm -hmm. is one of the least predictable human characteristics. When we start small, we can rely on consistency and humans are actually remarkably good at consistency. Um, okay. Okay, because you know the the rumor is that humans are very bad at consistency. <laughs> we think so. We think so. Doing something new, it and getting into a new consistent pattern is the challenge. But we're actually mm -hmm. quite remarkable at at. I mean, you just look at your life, right? Like, I, you know, I mean, my travel the the roads that i drive on are amazingly consistent the mm -hmm. pattern of my life is almost 90 percent. if you look from one week to the next week to the next week to the next week it's like 75 percent consistent like i mm -hmm. eat the same foods i drive yeah. i do the same job i drive the same mm -hmm. roads i wear the same mm -hmm. clothes i've done my hair the same way dj for like I don't know, a decade. And okay. and then it's only like 10% different from how I used to do it before. Like <laughs> I, you know, I, I watch the same TV shows. I spend about the same amount of time in work and sleep and exercise. I've weighed about the same. I'm within 10 or 15 pounds of how much I have weighed for the God past. God bless you, man. I, 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 this, this COVID is... I got the COVID, the COVID pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I upped it. I'm at the upper end. Right. But, so we, we're actually quite good at consistency. It's changing. That's hard. Mm -hmm. it, it's because it, it's the reason it's hard is because it's different. And so anytime we start to try to make a change, we're actually working against our overriding. Uh, I always joke around with people. Um, there's a, there's a, I don't know whether it's Disney or what, but there's a movie called Crudes. Okay. And it's, it's about these cavemen and the, the dad always, you know, change is bad because anything different could kill you. And, and it's part of biology that once we know something won't kill us, we kind of keep doing it Be mm -hmm. because biologically, you know, anything new could kill you. Right. You know, few thousand years ago when when humans were running around right you you ate the same things because you knew it wouldn't kill you you lived in the same place because you knew you wouldn't die there you you know something new yeah. came along it was almost always bad 
And so I think our brains mm. are wired to resist change and to mm. embrace consistency. So start small and, and you kind of convince your brain like this isn't going to kill you and, mm -hmm. and then grow gradually. And it's not mm -hmm. fun, but I, I love the phrase. I can't remember who first said it, but um, the, the phrase I've heard it can, oh, a few times of, of people saying, I, it took me 10 years to become an overnight success because we think it's going to happen like just that fast, right? Just all of a sudden yeah. you're going to be mm -hmm. ultra successful. No, right. it's going to be starting mm -hmm. small, growing gradually and being consistent um, yeah, and identifying consistent. the habits of saying, these are the things I want to have done for 20 years, 20 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so can you talk about tiny habits a lot? And you mentioned about, 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 about these tiny goals or, or tiny habits. Yeah. How can, um, cause you know, in American culture is about going big, lofty goals. And if you're not, yeah. then you sort of have committed to mediocrity, <laughs> the crime yeah. of mediocrity. So how does, why, why should we strive for tiny goals when we're told to that we should be going after the lofty goals? Yeah. And, and maybe the, the, the difference is, is the difference between a lofty goal and a, and a smaller habit. Right. So I've got mm, some big okay, goals. Explain that. Life. Yeah. So I've got some big goals in my life. But for me, my goals are not something I do every day. My habits are something that I do every day. My goal is the end result of the next three years of my habit. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, you know, an, an easy example might be running a marathon. I, I one time decided, OK, I'm going to run a marathon. My goal okay. was to run a marathon. I only ever ran 26.2 miles one time, the day, the, the day of the marathon. I, I okay. worked up to it. My habit was running four times a week for the six months leading up to it and gradually increasing both the total distance and my long run distance. So I went from my long run being five miles to eight miles to nine miles to 10 to 12 to 13. And eventually I got up to my longest pre-race run was 20 miles. Um, and so that was the habit. The goal was mm, so running, running the, the small running, you know, the, the tiny habit was getting up every morning or whatever yep. time you were, you was going to do the, your run, you know, four miles or, you know, with me, it would have been probably a half a mile, <laughs> yeah. you know, starting out, starting yeah. out small. And, and, you know, even though you, you are increasing that, um, that, that distance is still not 26 miles. You're still, yes. but you're still doing tiny goals to ultimately get to that big lofty goal of a 26 yeah. mile marathon. I, okay, got it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure you want to be, you know, uh, you may have a goal, for example, of the number of listeners that you want and, and the reach that you want for your podcast. And mm -hmm. so the habit is, is the consistency of creating, um, posting, marketing, uh, sharing, right? It's all the behind the scenes mm -hmm. stuff that's not as like glamorous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And fewer people want to do it. Right. I mean, that's why, mm -hmm. that's why fewer people 
you know, do those things is it's all the behind the scenes stuff that you're like, man, that mm-hmm. stuff is not as fun. Um, and and yeah. so no matter what it is, um, you you do. I mean, I encourage people. Yes. Yeah, set big goals, set lofty visions for your life and then say, OK. If I want to accomplish that, what's the smallest thing I can start with? What, what mm. break it down to the smallest possible daily action. And the reality is, is we, we can't then stay at the smallest possible action, but we build up to it. Like running yeah. is an easy analogy. Um, I, the longest prep run I did was 20 miles. When I first started and I was the longest I had ever run was three miles. If you had said, Hey, I want you to go out and run 20 miles. I, I mean, I could have maybe walked 20 miles, but I was never, ever, ever going to be able to run 20 miles mm-hmm. until I built up to it. And so it's just the mm-hmm. habit of four times a week, putting on my running clothes, putting on my running shoes, um, you know, getting my water bottles and heading out. So the same thing is true for um, success in, in any endeavor is, mm-hmm. is you say, okay, I'm going to start small and build up from there. So yeah, um, yeah start small with, with lofty kind of maybe long-term expectations. I, I do think um, I think Tony Robbins who said that we, often um, overestimate what we can do or, or, or kind of, yeah, overestimate what we want to do in a year and maybe underestimate what we can do in a week, right? And, yeah. and so we have, these, we, we have these big goals and we think, okay, I can do all of this by the end of the year. And, and we might overestimate that, but, but we underestimate how much we can accomplish with just daily, consistent, dedicated growth. Mm. So I heard you once say a bowl of cereal can solve lots of problems. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't, I, and I can, I, and to me, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I would, before speaking to you, I could, uh, that would sound crazy. But knowing that you have seven children <laughs> <laughs> makes me think that you would have, that would be uh, uh, some wisdom that you would want to share about that. <laughs> oh well yeah the nice thing about a bowl of cereal is is how many different things it can do uh right because uh it can be a, a a fantastic breakfast sometimes honestly a bowl of cereal is is dinner um uh, and sometimes <laughs> you know, uh, it, sometimes it's dinner because we say look we we are so busy we're not gonna be able to um uh you know, like sit down to a big family meal. And so everybody, you know, you're kind of on your own and some kids say, okay, if I'm on my own, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you yeah, know, I'll, I'll me, be that guy. I will be that kid. I will be that kid yeah. to say, I'll take the bowl of cereal fruit loops. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, strangely too, a bowl of cereal is one of my greatest uh, nemesis because um, oftentimes in my efforts to, to eat more healthy, I'll do really good all day long. But honestly, like a bowl of cereal at 930 at night, for whatever reason, like I, I just find myself 
coming down, going into the kitchen. I know I should just go put on my pajamas, brush my teeth and go to bed. But instead I go into the kitchen, I grab some cereal and, you know, I, I, uh, two or three bowls of cereal later, it seems like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> man. And, and it's interesting because we do that in our lives a lot. We, we, um, kind of push and we make progress and we, we, we start to get momentum going. And as soon as we start to get some momentum going, we sometimes engage in behaviors contrary to the momentum because, uh, it's a weird, but it seems like biologically for some reason, we almost inadvertently undermine our own momentum. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, it's always a reminder that while I am striving for consistency, I'm not going to kill myself over perfection. That yeah, every like once that. in a while, I'm just going to have a 930 bowl of cereal. I know I shouldn't. I know it's contrary to the, the overall goal. But when I have a 930 bowl of cereal, I say, okay, I had a 930 bowl of cereal. Let's not have a 934 bowls of cereal and let's not have a 930 bowl of cereal every day for a month. Let's just acknowledge mm -hmm. like, yep, I'm going to trip up every once in a while. And then the next day I'm going to say, you know what? That's all right. I'm going to do better because the, the contrary mental approach to that is to say, I had a 930 bowl of cereal. So one of two things, I might as well have four because I've already, I've already messed up today, so I might as well just blow mm -hmm. the whole thing. I mean, we yeah. do that so often. We think, well, I've already made a mistake, so to heck with it. I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to mm -hmm. quit. Right. It's not going to get you any closer. Or then we just decide like, well, you know, this is useless. It's no good. I might as well just, right. We, we make some small progress. We slip up a little bit and we say, see, I can never do it. I can never be consistent. I can never achieve what i want you know and we allow and I, ourselves I, this negative I, think it, I think that i think that goes back to what you were saying about about being present you know and um you know if you you make a mistake and you know you you're you're on a diet and you're trying to keep the, the sugar away you know cereal's full of sugar you know yeah. and I, I have those moments i'm like just be present to what's going on i feel like instead of feeling guilty about eating the cereal yeah. Be present and just enjoy the cereal, you know, and give yourself a break. And to me, I don't want the the second and third or fourth, maybe the second, maybe not the third and the fourth <laughs> bowl, bowl of cereal, because I'm, I'm not eating now to to because of the guilt of the first bowl of, of, of cereal, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think that's what trips us up sometimes that we, you know, we're eating because we, we want this, the, we don't want something that may be good for us. And then now I'm compensating for the guilt that I feel about because mm -hmm. I'm not doing what I supposed to do instead of just being present to it and then just enjoying the experience of, okay, I, I'm going to give myself this thing that I, I want right now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that drive for perfection trips us up. And if we, if we find ourselves falling short of perfection, we oftentimes will yeah. Uh, to, and I love that. I, I hadn't thought of that, that it, it has to do with being present, right? Because pretty soon we're not present. Mm -hmm. we're, we're projecting backwards to any past failures and we're mm -hmm. projecting forward saying all these past failures and this one moment of uh, mm -hmm. slip up weakness mm -hmm. yeah, is going to project forward to 
more future failure. But if you just bring it down and said, no, it's just one bowl of cereal. It's like 400 mm -hmm. calories. You can overcome that. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a yeah, good thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, one of the things that I, mean, I had the action, yes, that was supposed to go out and run or whatever, you know, and I'm just like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And I didn't beat myself up. I just laid in my bed. I just enjoyed every single moment of just sitting there dozing <laughs> in and out, in and out. And just I was just loving every single moment of it. Yeah. And, you know, after I finish this conversation, I'm going to go and run. So mm -hmm. it's just I just gave give myself the, the break of don't beat yourself up about it. Be present to what you're doing right now and tomorrow you'll do it you know yeah. and of course i don't maybe i won't, won't feel like it but i know i'm going to do it because you know it's i i I, I don't have the weight of the guilt of not doing it yesterday on my back because i didn't go through that that process yesterday yeah. if i probably would have then i would have like oh now I, I i messed up and and now I'm, I'm holding that weight and now it's stopping me from moving forward the next day you yeah. know yeah. So it's a, definitely so a, 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 a valuable lesson in, into in learning that. So one, you know, one final question about, you know, why did you decide to become a personal coach? Uh, yeah, that is a good question. Um, I think for me, it's uh, the. um what I have found for myself in my life is, is anytime I'm feeling personally down, the fastest mm -hmm. way I can combat that is by doing something for someone else. And so I find that when I'm talking with someone, when I'm uh, interacting with them and they're talking about some of the challenges they're facing in their life or their business, and we're working it through and they're coming up with a plan and, and then, I follow up with them on, okay, how did it go? How are you doing? How's that habit coming? Are you feeling happier? Are you feeling like your life is headed in a better direction? Boy, it really lifts my own spirits. And so I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a slightly selfish uh, uh, endeavor to say that, man, when I'm helping somebody else, when I'm seeing them successful, when I'm seeing them achieve things, it helps me in my own mental and emotional state. And it, it makes me feel like, man, I'm contributing. I'm having a positive impact in the world. And I'm, and I'm doing something that will have some kind of lasting and growing value. Because when I feel, when we feel negative, it, it, it's usually a contracting mental process of contracting in on ourselves and, and feeling in on ourselves. And when we can expand out and find ways to contribute and give to others it tends to expand us and expand our capacity for uh positive feelings so probably a yeah. bit of a selfish approach to feeling mm -hmm. good about myself by <laughs> yeah yes definitely to, coaching is a win-win win. i'm a coach too and i think it's a win-win situation because you just yeah. feel like you know like you say you feel like you're contributing and what's the use of having gaining all this knowledge yeah just to keep it for yourself at some point you're like okay I've, i gathered enough information about uh and and you know bump my head enough where i can help someone else maybe bump their head less yeah you know so i think to me i think anytime i meet a coach 
even the answer may be a little bit different. But what I think they're ultimately saying is I want to help people make a little bit less mistakes than I did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention before you, before we go? So your podcast yeah, and how I, to how to listen oh, to sure. it. Oh, sure, yeah. If you, uh, you can go check out the Happily Ever Habits podcast. You can find that pretty much everywhere you get podcasts, wherever you listen to this one. Uh, my website is thejasonharwood.com. You can sign up for my uh, newsletter and to get the Happily Ever Habits guide. For me, that that's made all the difference. Identify some core character traits, some areas where you say, I want to be better as a human in this area. And then first question is what's the smallest possible thing to do and just start doing that smallest thing consistently and uh, you, you'll find that developing your core character will bring greater happiness than most efforts we make to acquire something or to you know um, have more or to to get more when we strive to become more we we become happier yeah that's great man great i love it love it love it love it love it love it yes so um so uh definitely great man i i thank you for, for being on the show yeah and I'm, I'm definitely trying to take that in in terms of you know what you said was key to me was um tiny goals i mean tiny habits lead to big goals a lot that goes. I like that. Yeah. You know, because to me that that's something I never thought about before. I know I'm thinking about lofty goals. And so it means everything has to be big. No, you can, you know, you have a lofty big goal, but the habits that's required to be make that consistent doesn't have to be lofty. And yeah. you know what? It is all relative because you think in that uh, one mile and then one mile leads to four or five or six miles. Yeah, really, that's relative because the, the five miles may be still considered small in considering, you know, the 26 mile that you're working your way up to. So yeah. that's 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 been very helpful. So I, I definitely appreciate that. that that's, a, <laughs> that's a nugget I'm going to take with me. 